0: That's code at a show. The soundman found it, don't you know? It took a while for me to get it back. But we stayed in touch and made each other laugh. And then we found a date that fit to meet up. We recorded it in a hotel. hotel. That's how the blue coat diaries Started. welcome to the podcast today's is a belter we've got lost voice guy coming up later on mark yeah i know i'm excited it's gonna be good it's gonna be absolutely brilliant wd41 in the wings waiting to ask him some questions that's gonna be really great and also a bit more excitement did a certain package arrive for you this week a package did arrive for me yeah yeah it did oh Ooh, tell the listeners what came. Come on. I,
1: I don't know. A package came through the door. You sent me a WhatsApp saying, I've set, I'm sending you a package. Don't open it until we're on the pod. Yeah. It came in um an envelope. It's like a like on the flat envelopes from the uh the big A uh delivered it. Um
0: we can just say Amazon because we're not on the BBC.
1: Yeah. So I got the Amazon delivery. Now my boy, four. He knows that when something comes in a brown package with that brandy on it there's potential he's just had Christmas not long ago and, and there was a lot of stuff and he knows that things come in boxes did he get hold of it he did yeah I went to make a cup of tea I, I put it on the side and he was he was opening it like a like a like a dossier you know because because they got that kind of strip you <laughs> and he he, he correctly <laughs> identified the tab and pulled it now he he, he got his hand in it and I just cut turned around with a cup of tea He was like ah what do you think you're doing? And I managed to stop him. So I saw, I mean, I knew it was possibly, it's something flat anyway. So I assumed maybe a, a book or something, that's a guess. So I, I saw the edge and I saw it was a white thing. So I'm assuming it's a book, but I've not seen what it is. I managed to close it and I put it on the, the thing back up there. Um, what is it on the shelf? Above this shelf that I'm pointing at, there's another shelf. Is it on the top shelf? It's on it's on the top shelf,
0: yeah. Yeah. That's the best place to put something to keep it out of the way from a child on the top shelf, like a newsagent's. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Oh, top shelf, top shelf material. Are you sending me top shelf material, Johnny. Is that what's happening here?
0: Well, we'll see later on. Mate, I'm not gonna let you know what it is right now. We'll have a look later. Most
1: unexpected bit on the podcast. Johnny sends me some pornography, which I open (laughs) and go, what the fuck, Johnny?
0: (laughs) No, I'm not saying it is that. I'm saying just hold on. Hold on. I'll tell you later. I love Finn, though. You sent me a great message about Finn at the weekend. You said Finn has started responding with, okay, every time the sat-nav gives directions. I really like that.
1: Yeah, it's more like... (laughs) He did it for about a day non-stop, and then he's not he's not done it since, but I'm hoping he's keeping this tool in the bag. So he'd be like, take the third exit at the next roundabout. And Finn's like, okay, just like casually <laughs> responding. Just every single command he, he was responding to. Do, do you know what else he did? I took him out for a walk um, in Derbyshire Dales the other day, yeah. Sunday. And you know, runners, Yeah, some people for whatever reason, enjoy running like me, I like a bit of a run you know what are you one of them yeah man see personally, I see it as from a fitness perspective I've never enjoyed it you know i've got, I've got to a point where I've gone right you're unfit, you need to get out there do a bit of training get some some form of cardio, but you know just to do it. but I won't enjoy a second of it when I was at school and when I was younger, I was like a hundred meters runner, you know so i'm I'm built for speed Johnny I'm
0: not But this is like me and you being like the polar opposite again, because I like long distances and you like the short distances. So it's good. We got the distances covered on the podcast between the two of us.
1: Oh, it just takes fucking forever. I could have run that distance (laughs) You
0: know, I just, there you go. That reminds me of my mate that did a marathon. He did a marathon and he did such bad training for it. And when he (laughs) got in from doing it, he looked broken. And I just (laughs) went, we used to share a flat and I went, how's that? And he just went. It's a long way That's what he said. <laughs> Yeah. anyway, go back to the runners Tell me what happened with the runners.
1: Yeah, well, people running towards you in the opposite direction. So people in the high vis and Finn, just randomly, he just started holding his hand up for high fives. <laughs> and did he get one? Well the first two were like they thought it, they, they realized kind of too late and they, they were like laughing about it. You could hear them giggle as they were running off. The third woman, she just, she just fricking embraced it. She was like, yes, fam. Just, she went straight oh. in. We were so happy.
0: I'm not going to lie. If I was on a big run and there was a kid doing a high five, I'd definitely do it. I'd love that. That would keep me going for the next bit. That would really like pep me up. I
1: hate running for any long distances. I've done it at various times in my life for various reasons. And, um, I think i would have enjoyed it a lot more if there was like a a toddler kind of um you know motivational team lining the streets handing out cold (laughs) beers giving high fives going you've you've got this mark
0: i believe in you his name is marcus and he's a drummer he lives in a van but it's not a bummer we're gonna call him and find out where he's In a moment, we're going to call Marcus. But before we do call Marcus, I was just thinking this week, how can we wind up Marcus? How can we annoy him? And I thought, I know. Last week, he was really going on about how his van's called Lionel. So I thought, here's an idea. Why don't I, on purpose, without him knowing that we've had this chat, get the name of the van wrong? Yeah. So the van's called Lionel. What's a close name to Lionel? Leonard? Leonard's pretty good, or Linus, Linus, like the kid in Snoopy, Linus.
1: Yeah, Peppermint Patty, Charlie Brown and Linus, yeah.
0: Are we ready though? Should we give him a call? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, here we go. Marcus Carter, are you there? Good afternoon, how are you doing? How are you doing, Marcus? We're doing really well, thank you. We're doing really well. I've got some good news for you, Marcus, to kick off. That's always worrying. I spoke to a guy today called Bruce, who works for a company called signmedia.co.uk. Do what you can with that, huh? Signmedia.co.uk, and he's making the signs to go in your van. Wow. They're being printed. That's happening right now. It's happening. Me and Mark chatted about wow. this the other day. We've had five people paying and pay for the sign. We've got a guy called Joey Delaware. We've got a family called the Rannies. The Rannies have paid in. Are you making this up? No, these are the people that paid the 10 pounds. <laughs> no, It's legit. We've had a lovely lady called Nanny K. You are making this up. I'm not making it up. Alex Martindale. Alex Martindale oh, took the other one. Much. And an name. the very last one that went, number five, Tracy Chapman
2: oh and I've got a fast car (laughs) she made that joke actually she made that joke in the email yeah she made that joke yeah so I I would have thought she'd never have heard that before
0: those guys and girls and families have paid the 50 pounds the signs are being printed and I've done this brilliant design Marcus it's so cool I'm going to tell you more about it when they arrive but they're being made at the moment. And I went for the colours of yellow and black, like the Only Fools and Horses van.
2: Yellow and black, not
0: brown. No, 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 no. We've moved okay. on from that.
2: We've moved on from brown sign. Okay. Are you excited about that? I'm, I'm ecstatic over the moon and I cannot wait.
0: What I was thinking was, Marcus, if you're up for this, when they arrive, because I'm having the scent here, I thought if you swing by, we could get some nice photos of me and you putting them on the sign of Linus. Linus. The Linus. van, Linus. Oh, sorry, Lionel. Lionel. Lionel.
2: He's, he's, I don't know if he's going to want to come.
0: Oh, apologize to him and please bring him because I want to be there when it's like christening the van, you know, like breaking champagne. I want to put the sign on the side of Lionel. Okay. The other thing I wanted to tell both of you about was I've had a bit of a look at our numbers and our stats and things, and I found this page that I hadn't seen before that tells you the countries that people are listening to the podcast from. And our top three countries are the United Kingdom, which is not that great a surprise, then America. Okay. Number three is Australia. <laughs> and we've got a whole load of other countries like Canada and Sweden and Singapore and Belgium and Ireland and Poland and Spain, loads and loads. And we've also, just turning my page over, right down the bottom of the list, We've got one listener in three different countries, right? We've got one listener in the Czech Republic, one in Honduras, and one in Japan. What? (laughs) Wouldn't it be lovely if Marcus could properly welcome those people to the podcast by speaking to them in their native language? Obviously, they can understand English because that's why they're listening to us on the podcast. But wouldn't it be nice if Marcus could, for next week just, you know, give a greeting out. Just share some warmth and some love to the listener in the Czech Republic and Honduras and Japan. What do you think, Marcus? Well, I've been to the Czech Republic. Good start. I must have said hello to
2: people there. I can't for the life of me think how you say hello.
0: Well, save it. Save it because... Ah. I want to offer you this challenge for next week's podcast when we call you. Do you think you could do like a shout out to those three countries for us?
2: Are you going to give me specific things to say or am I expected to find out this information myself and translate everything?
0: We're going to leave it up to you to choose the kind of greeting that you want to give them. But really, we just want to welcome them to the family. Okay.
2: Yeah, I I can do that. Japanese is going to be interesting. Honduras is Spanish, surely, yeah.
0: Hola. Hola.
2: They're done.
0: (laughs) I think you need to say more than like, hello. I think you need to at least do a line, at least do a line to say, you know, something. Uh,
2: Hola, una beer grande, por favor.
0: Yeah. All right. When I said save it for the next podcast.
1: He just asked for a large beer in Spanish, Johnny. It's nothing to worry about. There's no...
0: I wish to trade my grandmother for your donkey. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah.
2: So do you take on a challenge? Uh, yes, I take up this challenge, yes. No problem. I am a linguist. No problem at all.
1: There's definitely no chance of a horrific international incident happening from this.
2: Not at all. I've caused many in the past, but this, no problem. Sure, it'll be fine yeah I've got a friend who uh, lives in Japan or rather works in Japan and commutes um, weirdly he has a family in England commutes to Japan and he said when he was learning the language hardest part about it is you have to sound angry when you speak Japanese otherwise it doesn't work
0: well I look forward to hearing you angrily welcoming the Japanese listeners to the podcast next week
2: or
1: or getting it completely wrong and offering to breastfeed someone's grandmother <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right marcus we're gonna to have to crack on but if you're up for the challenge we'll call you next week and we'll get those greetings pinged out to the world
2: fabulous i'm i'm looking forward to it
0: thank you so much for coming on the podcast we love you look after yourself look after lionel and it's bye for now goodbye bye, bye. so what i'm looking forward to next week is seeing if he's learnt these three languages but also I want to see what his <laughs> accents like how much is he gonna kind of you know become the country
1: I mean what do you mean what's his accent like he's gonna just speak Japanese with a Northumberland
0: accent it's not what that's what I'm saying like he he mentioned his friend was saying you have to sort of be quite angry and stuff I just want to see how much he kind of gets into the role yeah how much is he gonna give I mean i I think he's a
1: performer isn't he He'll go for it. We'll find out next week, mate. I can't wait. That's going to be a good bit.
0: we want All right, my friend. I love this bit. It's time for correspondence. And last week on the podcast, we asked people for their favourite film lines and also when they used them. We had loads sent in. Thank you so much for doing that. We're going to kick off with one from... Amanda Packham, and she says she likes to shout, I feel the need the need for speed as I accelerate from zero to 30 miles an hour in about three minutes because she's driving a Ford Fiesta. Great <laughs> quote. Mark, any guesses on the film?
1: Uh, I do know that one. It's a red herring, though, because it sounds like it's from like Fast and the Furious or something, but it's not. That one's from Top Gun.
0: It is from Top Gun. Kaylee Cross says... She's short, right? And she gets lost in a crowd every now and again. And for a little while, my mates would shout "Wilson" whenever they lost me in a crowd. <laughs> it was only when I eventually watched Castaway that I realised where <laughs> it came from.
1: Yeah, gutted. Is that from? Is that from Castaway, Johnny?
0: It is from Castaway. <laughs> yeah. Well done, good yeah. work. Yeah. What about this one then? This is short and sweet. Charlotte Barton said, "Every time I see the relevant number, I say."
1: Sixty nine, dude. Sixty nine. That's um. It was uh. Wayne's World. Bill and Ted. Oh,
0: mate. I've
1: let myself down, haven't I? And Ted. Oh, ow, that hurts. Actually, I screwed because that's like definitely my generation.
0: Yeah, and you've done that on the pod, so people are going to hear you say that, man. I know. About this one. Hey, here's one you might relate to. Carla Howes says. If she sees a child throwing a tantrum, she screams, Will somebody get the kid a Happy Meal? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Do you know the film? I don't. I don't know the film. I don't know that one. That one is an Adam Sandler. It's Big Daddy.
1: Not not my favourite Adam Sandler film, but yeah.
0: This one's coming from James Cook. He's a comedian, very funny guy. You'll love this. He said... Any time one of my children touches me with a force greater than that of a light pat, I say, that's how Houdini died, you know. <laughs> it's from planes, trains, and automobiles. Isn't that good?
1: I love that film. I'd forgotten that quote. It's brilliant. I, I might have to use that yeah. with my my own toddler. It reminds me of something my mother said-, said to me once. It's one of those brilliant parent quotes, that, isn't it? What did she say? Well, there's an incident, and I don't know where it came from. I don't know if it came from a dad or my mom, but it was, I think it was my mom who said it to me. I've vague re- recollection of my parents going out to the shop or something, and I was like 10 or something, and they'd gone out. And I think what happened, and this is all hazy. It's several decades ago. I think what happened is I climbed up, like shelves, like the shelves behind me, I climbed up. Them to get a box of Ferrero Rocher on the top. Whoa. And, the, and I think, this is like, this is really bad, actually. The thing came away from the wall, you know, and the, people get crushed by this stuff. It's like a real problem, so you, know, you have to L-bracket everything to the wall.
0: Did it fall on top
1: of you? I don't think so. Um, I mean, I, managed, I think I, I I just kind of got out of the way. I think I swung out because I was near the top.
0: Whoa, that's one of your nine lives gone. That was... Could have been,
1: yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I can't remember. I might be embellishing it in my head. It was literally over 30-something years ago, so I'm not... But I, what I do remember is not being able to put the thing back up. And, like, you know, the little <laughs> fibre board, backboard thing, I think that was pretty broken. I think yeah. I probably ate the Ferrerosche anyway, because I just thought, like, I've had it here. And when they got back... Obviously, just carnage. And, you know, and I tried to defend myself. Like, there was... The scene. It was like... There was no, not a leg to stand on. Broken
0: shelf on the floor. Frero Roche. you with chocolate all around your mouth.
1: Probably. I don't think... I was old enough to not manage to rub chocolate all over my face. But I think it was very obvious. I But I tried to explain it. I tried to defend myself. And I think I started with, <laughs> I thought... And my mum just cut me straight off there and said, you thought you farted, but you shit yourself, didn't you?
0: (laughs) I wasn't expecting that. That's a good slam. Just like, done. And I,
1: I was like, wow, yeah, there's no coming back from that.
0: Well, the next one's a similar sort of style in terms of it's quite a slam. John Pearson, he's another comedian that's listened to the pod and sent the message in. He said, whenever I want somebody to leave... I give them the line from Hot Fuzz and say, "Fuck off up the model village."
1: Ah, <laughs> it's oh, so quotable.
0: And that's not even a hint, is it? You'd you know you time to go. Yeah, yeah. Stuart Turner, another comedian, actually. Stuart Turner said, "If something goes wrong, then the mm. classic airplane line looks like I picked the wrong week to quit sniffing glue, <laughs> <Yeah>. or drinking, <laughs> or smoking, or taking amphetamines." Yeah. is the line that I use. I'll change it depending on my mood.
1: Yeah. I mean, what a classic.
0: This is from Mr. G, and we'll finish on this. He said, from the film Bad Boys 3, I like to say, there's no I in team, but there is in dickhead. And I use this (laughs) in team meetings. I love that. I mean, how's that going across in a team meeting? Yeah. I thought that would be a really fun question for this week. Tell us about a time that something funny happened in a meeting. It could be a Zoom meeting. I remember once, Mark, my friend telling me a story about lockdown. She was on a big Zoom meeting with loads of people from this company. Mm. I won't name the company, but someone was giving like a speech or something or doing a talk. And while it was happening, she was watching it at home in lockdown on her laptop. Her partner walked through the room and she said to her partner, "Oh God, this guy's boring. And then about five seconds later, she heard someone say, um, I think someone has their microphone still on. She was just like, oh, my God. So she spent the whole rest of that meeting thinking, did they know that was that was me? Did they recognise my voice? Of course they did. Yeah, they 100% knew. Like we're
1: looking at now, big green box lit up around your face and you went, God, he's boring. Everyone
0: knows. Isn't that brilliant? Yeah. So... Please send in your stories and we'll read the best ones out next week. His name is Mark Carver And he'd rather be playing video games And not the dating game But it's time for love
3: It's time for love, Mark
0: All right, I'm going to be honest. Last week, I made a bit of an epic fail I basically asked Louisa for some advice or some tips and she was not the right person to ask. She made that clear, Mark.
1: It was, I I mean, I felt that there was some solidarity there. Yeah. But it was more like the solidarity you get from, say, an AA meeting than someone who's, you know, (laughs) giving you advice. It was an empathy rather than I can solve your problems.
0: I know when to admit that I'm wrong. It was my fault, my bad. And I went away, right, Mark? And I was thinking, okay, I've asked the wrong person there what I need to do is I need to ask somebody who is the right person. I need to ask somebody who would know. And I thought to myself, I know exactly who to ask. I've got a friend. Oh, God. She's a comedian called Katie Mulgrew. She's brilliant. She's a writer as well. And a while ago she presented a TV show called Love Fix on ITV. And that was all about helping people with love and problems and things. And I thought to myself, that's the person to ask. So I wrote to Katie and I asked her for some advice. And do you know what she said? I don't, I don't know. She said this.
4: Hi, Mark. It, I do think that it's probably quite a daunting thing uh, to get back out there and date if you're older as well. Like, I'm nearly 40, and I can't imagine putting myself on dating apps. But I also do know a lot of people, especially, like, recently in the last year, who have found love on dating apps, and quite quickly, because I think when you're in your mid thirties onwards, you know, you know, you don't mess about. You're like, this is working, great, let's let's do this, let's crack on. There's no sort of, oh let's wait three days till we text them. There's no sort of gameplay and you're like, no, I'm in. I'm on borrowed time. <laughs> let's crack on. Uh also, yeah, like online dating. So you could you can do like virtual speed dating, which again, probably sounds terrible, but I think it's one of those things that once you do it once, you actually get into like a bit of a groove and you don't have to leave your house. And again, I'm a woman who's nearly forty, it. And if I could get to date without having to leave my house, oh, that sounds lovely. <laughs> if I could get, get to date someone and my bottom half of myself was in pyjamas and just a nice top and I, and I sort of I have to brush my hair. But if it's bare minimum level of effort in dating, that's ideal. So maybe some virtual speed
1: dating. <laughs> I mean, bless her. What to go to all that trouble and uh,
0: that was for you? That was a personal message to you.
1: That wasn't just like thirty seconds long. That that was like a,
0: that was a small lecture. What are your first thoughts after that?
1: <sighs> yeah, I, I think um, it's a lovely thing to do, and she, I think she has some good advice there. Um, yeah, speed dating online speed dating does sound horrific, um. But I could see a point about the whole not leaving the house thing. But at the same time, I think what I probably need to do more than anything is is leave the house more. I think that's a big part of of uh, of um me not um being in that scene is the fact that I find it difficult to identify with people on that level, connect with people on that level, um, without seeing them face to face. And I think leaving the house and socialising might be... Uh, inadvertently, I think her advice might have works, but only because it's made me think of this, you know? Really? Yeah. I think what I need to do is is is, is go and socialise and meet people. And I think and it's what I already knew, I think. It's just going,
0: you know... Well, I think this might be a good moment for you to go and get the parcel. Go and get the brown paper delivery.
1: <laughs> is it related to? Why did it have to be related to the dating thing, Johnny? Oh, mate! Now I've got the fear.
0: <laughs> go on, go and get it. Go on, we'll do we'll do a live unboxing on the pod of what I sent you.
1: Oh. <laughs> It says from, we're going to, this is a gift from Johnny. Yeah. Read out the note. What does it say? Oh, Amazon.co. Okay. A gift from Johnny in bold. Um, you shall go to the ball from Johnny. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. And it tells me, it told me what it was before I, I opened it. What you got there? I've got 250 speed dating questions useful speed dating questions to help you make the most of all your speed dates, all of my speed dates.
0: Now listen, Mark, I'm gonna tell you what I was thinking on the back of the voicemail from Katie. I thought that today I'd say to you, look, having listened to what she said, her brilliant advice, would you agree to, like, just looking into, just having a look and seeing what's out there, virtual speed dating? That was where I was going to come from. That was my angle. But what you've just said to me is that it made you think, actually, maybe I need to go out there. So are you willing? Are you willing to do this? Are you willing to... Oh, wait, I'm playing into your hands here. Just look into going to a speed dating thing. So between now oh, and next week, we we'll would just have this. a look... Right. We just have a look and we see what is around. That's mm. all, nothing more than that. Just have a look, see what's on in your local area. When you say we, we're just going to have a look, is this going to be the thing where we end
1: the podcast recording and you're going to say, right, so before next week, can you just go and investigate a load of speed dating things and organise one? Is it going to be like that?
0: Oh, my ask to you, <laughs> this, is my, this is my thing. Would you be willing to just have a bit of a browse online into actual real world speed dating out there and I'll help you I will as well I'll do it as well for you
1: I'll I'll look at it on purely for the for the content Johnny
0: um that's it yes
1: I'm massively uncomfortable
0: <laughs> we know when we know when we're off we know when we're on to the next bit of the pod and yeah that sounded like a yes to me <laughs> you mate, I mean... You've got your book now, Mark. Let's not waste the book. You've got your book. Can you read us a couple of lines out of the, uh, Which season of the year do you like most? What would you say if someone asked you that on a speed date about the seasons? What would you say?
1: Probably spring?
0: Well, it's a good time then, isn't it? Good time to go speed dating, dude.
1: That is a tenuous <laughs> attempt at motivation. Like, really... You know, that's an only
0: just. Just give me a yes. Come on, give me a yes. We'll look at it. We'll look at it. Are we looking at it? We're going to look at it this week, yeah? Yeah. What's your biggest peeve? Being put on the spot on a podcast. Yeah, <laughs> probably. He's like droid. Yep. And you'll miss him when he's gone. He's W-T-Y. Right then, it's time to call Lost Voice Guy. But before we do, let's make sure the droid is up and running. Let's make sure he's working. Can you fire up WD41? Of course I can.
1: <laughs> Sorry, I'm just going to have to give him a kick.
0: Whoa! That'll do. <laughs> yeah, that'll do. <laughs> All right, Mark, is he
1: ready? Sorry, I need a second. Um, Yeah, he's ready. He's ready.
0: Okay. He may not be able to talk, but he definitely has something to say. He won Britain's Got Talent and has been on everything from Live at the Apollo to the Royal Variety Performance. He tours, he writes books and radio shows, and he loves giant chocolate buttons. Please welcome to the podcast to be interviewed by our very own droid, the man they call... Lost voice guy. Hey,
3: Hello. Nice. to be here.
0: Thank you so much for coming on, Lee. I hope you're well and everything's going well with you. The first thing we like to do on the podcast is introduce you to our droid. Mark built this droid and get ready to be amazed because... Well, Mark, do you want to show Lee the thing you built? His name's... WD-4-1,
1: I'll just uh, boot him up. Uh, here he is.
3: Whoa.
0: He says, hello. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think to that, Lee?
3: Not sure if you're just taking a piss because I'm half robot as well. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: One thing I would say, Lee, is that Mark's the only one that can understand it.
3: That's like most Geordies.
0: All right. Most <laughs> <laughs> Right, let's give it a go. Mark, let's have a question from WD41. Come on. Okay,
1: here we go. Okay. WD41's asking you, can you tell us a bit about how you discovered your talent for comedy and how you got started in the industry?
3: I think I've always liked to make people laugh. It just gives you a good feeling. So I was always trying to make my friends laugh at school. Also, I think that humour definitely helped me cope with everything when I was growing up and it still helps today. I've always been able to see the funny side of my disability and that's been really helpful. If I didn't laugh about my situation, I'd most definitely cry. So I think I used humour as a defence mechanism. As long as I was laughing at myself, it meant that no one else could laugh at me first. Of course, I never thought I'd ever be a comedian myself. I just thought it wasn't possible because I couldn't speak so I didn't really give it much thought when I was growing up. My career in stand-up comedy came about because my mate thought it would work well. Of course, I thought he was crazy, but the idea stuck in the back of my head. Eventually, a few months later, I decided to give it a try because I knew I'd regret it if I didn't. It turns out my mate was right. It's just grown from there, really.
0: Wow, that's brilliant! I bet your mate feels very proud of himself, does he? I bet he never lets you forget it.
3: <laughs> they put a bet on me winning Britain's Got Talent, so he got a new bathroom out of it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Is that true? <laughs>
1: Every time he sits on the can, it's just like you'll never be able to not think of you. There's a
3: thought in not it? Yes, definitely true.
0: Oh, that is absolutely brilliant. I love that. Great question, WD41. Let's have another one.
3: Wow.
1: Okay. Well, he says, do you have a favourite fictional character um, that you think would make a good comedian? And if so, why?
0: That's an interesting question.
3: That's a good one. For a robot, that's a great question. In fact, I'm getting a bit scared of you now. Mark from Peep Show would probably be a great comedian. He would just get up on stage and complain about stuff. I reckon he'd be very similar to Jack D. He'd be like
0: Jack D. Yeah.
3: Yeah. yeah, you know, I,
0: you know what? That's a good one. That is a good one. Yeah, definitely. And it's funny because I like the way you split him from the actor that plays him, and you're just literally thinking of you know the character, which is which is right because that's the question as well. But yeah, I would love to see that. That would be really funny.
3: The character definitely should do it for therapy. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah, like a lot of us, I think,
1: <laughs> neurotic comedians now. <laughs>
0: Let's go for let's go for another one from WD. Let's see what he's saying now.
2: Okay, WD41
1: says your comedy often touches on topics related to disability and accessibility. Can you talk about the role that humour plays in promoting understanding and acceptance of disability?
3: I think joking about my condition helps me cope a lot. I've always seen the funny side of my disability and I think that's been very important to me. I also think I joke about my disability as a defence mechanism. As long as I'm laughing at myself, it means that no one else can laugh at me first. In that way, I think that comedy is a very powerful tool. And that's why I would like to see more disabled comedians booked by comedy clubs, appearing at festivals and being shown on television. Basically, more disabled people being portrayed in a positive light. Of course, success breeds success as well. It would be nice for every disabled child to realize they have the opportunity to do whatever they like when they grow up but they'll only believe this if they see other people in a similar situation achieving their goals. The comedy scene as a whole can play a big part in this. There are some amazing disabled comedians working on the circuit, and comedy is the perfect way to tackle difficult subjects in a way that can make people both laugh and think at the same time.
0: That's a really good answer. When you were growing up, Lee... Did you see any comedians that were disabled?
3: The only disabled person I saw on television when I was growing up was Stephen Hawking, and he wasn't funny at all.
1: <laughs> he had some good ideas though, you yeah. know. Should we have another one? Yeah, let's let's have another one. W D41, let's have another question. Okay, WD41 says, Do you have any secret talents that you haven't shared with your fans?
3: Would now be a good time to announce to the world that I can actually talk.
0: If yeah. that was true, I think your agent, will, your mm. agent, would be going. Don't, no, Lee, no, we're on a roll here. Mm. We're on an absolute roll. Don't, don't.
3: Yes, but imagine what it would do if your podcast listens if I made that revelation.
1: <laughs> yeah. The reveal, you send the numbers through the roof.
0: Oh, mm. now there's a bit of me that's thinking, like, oh, can we really? Can we make this happen? Can we will him on? Can we urge him to do it?
1: Don't worry, I'll deal with the agent. You know. Let's, let's crack on with it.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> right, come on, WD, let's have another.
3: Wow!
1: Wow! He's interested. He, he wants to know, you've used, you use a communication device to deliver your jokes on stage. Has this ever presented any challenges during a performance?
3: The main problem is trying to get it to say things correctly. For example, it can't say iPad, so I have to spell it a different way. I also have to put random punctuation in the middle of sentences so that it breaks it up and makes it easier to understand. So, once I write my material, I usually have to go through it again and check that it sounds okay. There has been times when I have had to change my jokes. Just because it doesn't sound right.
0: Wow. So you have to write, you know, you have to think of the joke, write the joke, and then sometimes rewrite how it's saying the joke just to be able to deliver it. That's a lot of work. Just talking about the technology thing and the difficulties of that. Just to tell you this story, Mark. Once on a tour day, I drove back to the hotel and Lee was in the passenger seat of my car. Normally he would go in like the tour bus with the tour manager, but for some reason that night I was driving and Lee was with me. And we went round a roundabout and Lee's iPad slipped off his lap and went down the Ooh. side of the seat. And I didn't know that that had happened because it was dark <laughs> and it was nighttime. And I was I was asking him some stuff and just talking. and He wasn't replying like normal. And I thought he was in a mood with me. I thought he was giving me like the silent treatment. I thought, oh, I've upset him. And I was racking my brain thinking, what have I done to do it? And then I, l- I looked over. I noticed that the iPad had fallen down the seat. And we had to stop and so I could pass it to him and carry on. But I think he was probably finding that really funny because I was probably feeling worried faces thinking, oh, i have upset him or something, and he obviously he couldn't tell me that the <laughs> iPad had fallen off. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Come on, WD, let's have another one. Okay. If you could create a flavour of ice cream based on your comedy, what would it taste like, and what would it be called? Oh, gone off-piste again. He has gone mm. off-piste again. I, I don't even... Mm. I don't have a clue how
0: I'd answer that. Sorry, Lee, sometimes it just goes a bit AWOL.
3: It would be dark chocolate, and I'd call it dark and twisted. This is because my humour is very dark and twisted, I would say. I am influenced a lot by comedians such as Ross Noble and the League of Gentlemen, which explains a lot. I mostly concentrate on my disability and the funny side of it. I enjoy taking the mickey out of myself. I realise that this may make some people feel awkward, but I think that helps me. Because I base it on myself, I think I get away with it more. When people realise this, they tend to come on side.
0: You know what? I think you might be onto something there. I think you should contact an ice cream brand because you know what would be really cool? Imagine this, right? If an ice cream got made for Lost Voice Guy and it was called Dark and Twisted and then on the stick, it had a really dark joke. You know, like normally it has a sort of lolly stick and it's a real kind of kid's joke. How great would it be if it had like a real adult you know, dark... But I mean, given... (laughs) Given
1: some of Lee's material do you not think it might be a bit awkward for kids to be running around in a playground reading out some of those jokes Ooh. it might it, they'd, they'd be getting they'd be running around the playground getting cancelled wouldn't they
0: imagine if there was an ice cream that you could only buy like cigarettes or alcohol that was over a certain age that would be so badass everyone would want that
1: <laughs> wouldn't they top shelf ice cream that's never gonna <laughs> sell
0: <laughs> all melting
3: <laughs> what do you think Lee Dragon's Den Ice cream van,
0: that's 18 plus only. <laughs> it would say, slow, mind that child, and then underneath that it would say, no children must be served by this van.
1: Yeah, well, there was uh, several cities in the UK that um, where the ice cream vans were specialised in selling things that were designed for people over the age of the 18. It was, uh, the ice cream was just a front, and there were far more significant... Um, Stimulants and sugar going going out of these ice creams. I think it's been a, a pop, popular thing yeah, that.
0: Well, there you go. That's where we'll sell the dark and twisted ice cream. We'll get in touch <laughs> with those dodgy vans.
3: <laughs>
0: right, guys. Let's have another one.
1: Okay, Johnny Awesome was your support act for your giant. I am only in it for the parking tour. How was he as a support act and do you have any funny stories about touring together?
3: I really enjoyed having Johnny as my support act, although I've still got the triangle song stuck in my head. We had such a laugh together. To be honest, most of the funny stories involved our tour manager crashing the van. But we also sang a duet together for the last night of the tour. That was pretty amazing.
0: Yeah, the van. You know what? We changed tour manager, and on the first day, he crashed the tour bus. (laughs) (laughs) And the song was amazing. We sang a duet together, me and Lee. It was really cool. I think that's on my website, actually. There's a clip of it on YouTube that Lee put up from the show. But, yeah, we did an actual duet together. It was really, really fun. And uh, I'd just like to say thanks again, actually, Lee, for taking me on the tour. I don't know if you've ever seen my Lost Voice Guy tattoo mark i haven't no i got that done in brighton and it was a stick and poke tattoo you know where the old school where they traditional tribal style cool but it really hurt yeah I bet. <laughs> it really, really hurt uh but it was worth it to, to have a nice souvenir from the tour so yeah thanks again lee
1: just give us one more question for lee Okay, WD's asking you, if you had to describe your comedy style using only emojis, which ones would you choose?
3: There's only one option. It is to be the dribbling face emoji.
0: (laughs) (laughs) The dribbling face emoji.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Mate. (laughs) Oh, wow.
0: I mean, that brings us nicely back to what Lee was saying about how he likes to take the mick out of himself and it's very positive. It's very liberating when you can do that. I think that's one of the things that I liked about comedy when I first started doing it was realised that it sort of unleashes this confidence in you in this kind of day to day, I guess, just acceptance of yourself, really. And I, th- I think it, it sort of helps you when you realise that it's okay to laugh about things about yourself. And obviously, you know, if it works on stage, that's great as well, because it means you're finding new bits for your material and stuff like that. But Yeah, it's quite a powerful thing.
1: I think being able to laugh at yourself in any facet of life is pretty much essential. If you can't, then you're going to run into bother, I reckon.
3: Definitely getting cancelled one day, though.
1: (laughs) I wouldn't be surprised. It's a badge of honour, isn't it?
0: You know what, Lee? I need a new bathroom, so I might bet on the next comedian to get cancelled and hope that that just comes in, baby. <laughs> yeah.
1: Johnny wants a B-Day.
0: <laughs> Lee, thank you so much for coming on today and giving us your time. I know you're really busy and you're doing all sorts of things, but we've loved having you on the podcast. I hope one day you'll come on again.
1: Yeah, that was awesome, man. Thank you so much. up.
3: I destroy the robot, though before
1: it takes over the world. It's too late. There's no stopping it now.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I can't believe it, but we are at the end of the pod yet again. How great was Lost Voice Guy? He's he's phenomenal.
1: What what bumper podcast we got this, this week
0: bumper podcast and I'm excited for this summer when you can go out and get your new dark and twisted ice cream yeah <laughs> honestly I think we're onto something with that oh and this is a good moment to reveal that next week on the podcast any guesses who we've got as the guest um
1: is this something football related was that was that or was that ski Sunday
0: no, it was, I think it was match of the day. We've got Tom Barkhazen, who plays for Derby County, coming on the pod. Oh, are you a football fan? A bit of football, but I just thought, you know what? You live in Derby. I'm originally from Derby. I thought, let's get a football player from Derby County on the podcast. Why not? And I have him interviewed
1: by a man who's made a robot, but the man knows literally nothing about football.
0: WD-41 will sort all that out,
1: Mark. That, I mean, that's why he's doing the interview and not me. Yeah.
0: that's. I was just going to say that's why we pay him the big books. But the great thing about the droid is we pay it for a call.
1: The advantages of uh, of, of um, an AI uh, robot is, is that, you know, they're, they're relatively cheap, cheap to run.
0: Yeah. Until it works out that it should be being paid like minimum wage or something, we are laughing.
1: Yeah absolutely until they unionize i think that's i think that's skynet though isn't it
0: yeah i was gonna say i think that's the plot of terminator 2 when they form a union Yeah. (laughs) so that episode will come out next friday thank you so much for listening as always please subscribe to the pod review the pod and give it five stars tell all your friends and Look after your gear. And I'll see you next week. I'm Johnny Awesome saying goodbye. And I'm Mark Carver saying goodbye.
1: WD41 signing off. Thanks for listening to the
0: podcast. I
1: appreciate your time. That. Join us again for the next episode Might not be funny, but we'll give it a go To so hit the button and subscribe We're just getting started, don't be shy We'll be back soon, with more to share Join us for the ride, if you dare That's it for now, we'll see you soon For another episode, coming to you thanks not you, you really mean
4: that We've a tweet. they that's a wrap.